One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. That was a pretty wild one last night, huh? Nobody got scared, did they? (laughs) Deliverance, healing, right? People praying in tongues for the first time in their life. Kind of like Pentecost. Well, that doesn't happen these days. I thought we just need scripture. No, we need the power. We need the presence. Amen? Amen. Um, So have you been digging? You've had 24 hours, right? You believe in the prophecy? Do you believe in the prophecy that I spoke last night? The whole message was a prophecy for you, Muskoka, right? And people under the apostolic calling that's upon this house, right? And so the call of the Lord is for you to come under that that mantle. Um, Man that jackhammer, right? Put, Put the shovel to use and start digging till your battle bow is put in your hand by the Lord and everything demonic, every principality, every power, every um, entity that has come to steal your life, come to steal your children's life, come to uh, enslave people in curses, that battle bow kills everything, right? And And the difference, you know, the Lord talks about a sword and a knife for up close fighting, but if you get that battle bow, you can sit back pull back that bow and anything that comes from far away distance, you literally are empowered to overcome that thing. Amen. Amen. So did you pick up your, your shovel today? Did you pick up the jackhammer? Anybody um, change their prayer life? Anybody literally jump into uh, the expectation of breakthrough? Amen. A lot of people just, you know, they like good messages and the Lord's intent to increase, but they don't want to participate. And so this is a full participation meeting. This is a full participation church. Um, and this, this isn't just for today, a hot, uh, you know, weekend of meetings. This is about a culture that shifted and a body of people that literally take what the Lord is offering in prophecy. Amen. Paul told Timothy this. He said, believe in the prophecy spoken over you. Believe is actually an action word. You actually embrace it. You take action in it. You do it. And he says, not only will you prosper, but everybody around you will prosper. You ready to prosper? You ready to overcome your enemies? Amen. (laughs) You pick up your shovel. (laughs) All right. Well, I want to, I want to talk about the battle bow um, in more detail tonight. Uh, because the Lord is really emphasizing um, this equipping. Um, a sign of the apostolic is equipping. A, ch- a church doesn't, a real church doesn't leave you the way you came in. A real, a real church brings you into a culture that is supernatural and equips you. You may not have never prophesied, but you're going to prophesy. You, have may, you maybe have never cast out a demon, but you will cast out demons. Amen. You may have never laid hands on somebody and seen a blind eye healed, able to see, but you're going to. Amen? Tell your neighbor you're going to. 
<laughs> you're going to get lit in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's the key, getting lit in the Holy Ghost. A heart that knows that the Holy Spirit is, is the strength of, of your life literally holds on to the Holy Spirit with everything they have. They don't look like comfort church. They don't look like just a Sunday goer. They look like somebody who's crazy wild, like in love, like Jesus is really real. And they hold on to him. Amen? Amen. So uh, I see uh, I, there's an angel standing over here. Um, and this angel, uh, <laughs> this angel is holding a vial, um, a bottle, and written on it is the word deliverance. And I see this angel. You know how um, children have those bubbles, those, bu- those the, bo- the soap that you dip the, you dip the, the wand, whatever you call it, and, and blow these bubbles? I see this angel standing over here um, with a vial that says deliverance and dipping the wand in and blowing deliverance. There's... There, <laughs> There's bubbles of deliverance being released over the people. And I hear the Lord say, I'm coming tonight to deliver you. I'm coming tonight to deliver you. You may have struggled for years. You may have struggled for even decades. You may have struggled from the day you were born shaking in your bed. But tonight, my innocence is going to fall on you and I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you into dominion. I'm going to bring you into life. I'm going to bring you into victory because that's what I said I would do. I will increase you. Amen? Amen. So, anybody feel like reaching up and grabbing your bubble? (laughs) Come on, fall, Holy Ghost. I release deliverance in this room. Lord, I pray that uh, whatever you did last night, with that supernatural deliverance that we saw in this place where people were set free. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would multiply it, that you would put a zero beside it. And, and the eight or ten people that were um, delivered, Lord, I pray, make it, make, come on, make it 70. Come on, set this whole place into deliverance. Come on, I release the anointing of deliverance in this place. No longer are you a slave in a prison cell and chained and enslaved. Come on, you're a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You're anointed for victory. And I release that over you in the name of Jesus. Woo, I feel, I feel like, I feel ornery tonight. I feel ornery tonight, man. Jesus is here. Come on, Jesus is here. Look at your neighbor and say, the devil's in trouble tonight. Come on, the devil's in trouble tonight. Woo! Come on, baby. (laughs) Woo, I feel freedom coming into this place already. There's such a contrast between real Christianity and apostolic Christianity. I mean, why would you show up and just sit there and get entertained? I had a prophet in my life who said this. He said, this is how I train my children. He said, if you go into a church and the Holy Ghost is there, run. Or if if you go into a church and the Holy Ghost 
You cannot discern the presence of the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Run. You know religion's deadly? Jesus actually wasn't angry at the sinner. He was angry at the fake, at the imposter, at the one who actually stood there and repeated a bunch of scriptures and they had no power. Jesus actually said this to the Pharisees in Luke 11. He's laughing at them. They're, they're mocking him and saying, you cast out demons by the power of Beelzebub. And Jesus looked at him and said, who do you cast them out by? I was like, it's like one of my favorite lines in the whole Bible. The sarcasm against religion. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing? You're powerless. Pharisees couldn't cast out demons. They couldn't regurgitate 25 lines and, because they didn't know the one. They weren't anointed. The power of the Holy Spirit wasn't on them. And Jesus mocked them. You guys are dead, man. Hogs, dogs, dead man's tombs, whitewashed. You're fake. He wasn't angry at the sinner. He was angry at the fake. Nobody in here has been faking it, have you? Ask your neighbor, you've been faking it? <laughs> you see? <laughs> Woo! You see, if, you see, there's a question you need to ask yourself. If you stood in front of Christ today, would there be evidence that his power was upon your life? Evidence. I'm not talking about being good. Jesus said there's nobody good. That's what Jesus said. But the Father, goodness, good, you being good has nothing to do with it. You knowing the one who apostolically said, I will mantle you. I will make you something you could never make on your own. I will dress you and clothe you for supernatural things. Do you know that the whole, the whole story started, and I'm like, I haven't even started my message yet. So um, I just feel this thing about you believing in the impossible. Do you know that the whole story starts with an angel visiting Mary and saying, uh, Mary's like, who, me? Little me? And the, and the, and, and the angel says, uh, with God, nothing is impossible. And that phrase, that, that phrase, nothing is impossible, actually has the word rhema in it. You guys know what rhema is? Rhema is the direct voice of God, right? He said he would pour out his spirit. You would dream dreams, have visions. You would hear his voice and you would be made supernatural. So the story says, actually, if you interpret it correctly, it says when God speaks, there's nothing that appears impossible that the Lord can't overcome. He's the God who breaks the impossible. And the whole story is about overcoming the impossible. So if you walk as a Christian and have no testimony of overcoming the impossible, come on, man. You, sh you should have a list of stories, a testimony of supernatural things, right? And it's all connected to who you've met. A lot of you have met a lot of preachers. You've met a lot of people. But have you met Jesus the Apostle? If you meet Jesus the Apostle, the fear of God will come on your life. And you will no longer walk and expect to be comfortable. You'll do where the king says you to do because, you know, Jesus doesn't, he's not afraid of darkness. He actually hunts darkness. And he sends people into impossible situations. So you may be wondering, why in the world is my life all screwed up right now? What, what's going on? And the Lord is saying, if you can hear my voice, the impossible thing that's before you will be overcome. Amen? And so, 
You know, I tell, I tell a lot of stories about some of my encounters and, you know, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of stories in my books. And, um, but the more you encounter Jesus the Apostle, the more supernatural he makes you, okay? And so I just, I want to tell you a couple stories before we kind of jump into what I want to do tonight. Um, uh, in 2000, I think it was 2010, um, I, was, I was in charge of the prophetic ministry at, at this church, this 1,000 member church. I was in charge of deliverance ministry. I, I led the youth. I did, I did all kind of stuff, okay? And um, we had a prison ministry uh, in West Virginia. And uh, the guy... Uh, the guy that was going to the prison, he kind of said some things that uh, the the uh, uh, the warden, the chaplain, didn't like, um, and he got kicked out. Okay, my pastor calls me up. He says, "Hey, uh, we need you to do the prison ministry twice a month." I'm like, "All right." He goes, "But here's the deal: you can't get kicked out." <laughs> so I'm supposed to preach the real Jesus with signs, wonders, and miracles but I'm not supposed to get kicked out. Okay. And so I'm, I'm driving. This, the second time I went, I'm driving there, and all that's on my mind, you know, just lead them to Jesus, right? I'm just be comfortable. Just, just, be, just, set, just, just preach, preach a message that doesn't offend any of the, the warden or the chaplain because the chaplain was a zero Holy Ghost guy, right? And if you say the wrong thing in front of that chaplain, He'll make sure that Holy Ghost guys don't get in the prison. So I'm like, I'm, it's on my mind, right? So I'm driving to the prison. On my way to the prison, um, the Lord says to me, uh, today we're going to get everybody in the room baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they're going to pray in tongues. And I, <laughs> Dude. Pastor, Jesus. My pastor, Jesus. I'm like, oh, come on, Lord. I mean, are you serious? I literally pulled off the side of the road, <gasps> took a breath. I started to hyperventilate. I said, well, all or nothing, baby. Here we go. Okay? So I go in. <clears throat> the uh, chaplain meets me. He takes me back. And there's uh, roughly 45 people in the room. And um, I don't know how this is going to happen, right? Because I only, I only have an hour with these guys. And uh, all of a sudden, the, there's a knock on the door. Uh, there's uh, one of the guards, he whispers in the chaplain's ear, um, the chaplain walks out of the room and the guard sits down, and I went, cha-ching. <laughs> so I start talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? And, I, and uh, there's one guy in the room, he raises his hand, he says, yeah, I know the Holy Spirit, I pray in tongues. Nobody else in the room um, had any experience with the Holy Spirit. So I start talking about the Holy Spirit and some of my testimonies and some of the supernatural things that happened in my life. And um, uh, all of a sudden, there's this back row of hecklers, okay? Real, we'll call them fundamental, uh, you know, super scriptural guys. God, the, you know, the kind of people that are like, God doesn't talk anymore. That's why God gave us the Bible, okay? And they're sitting in, they're sitting in the back, and they're like, you're a liar. This is fake. No way. And I just keep going, man. I am keep going, right? He makes your forehead like flint, right, brother? right? They're heckling me, okay? They're, they're heckling me, and I'm, I'm, I'm like going at it, right? Jesus is real. He came to send the Holy Spirit, and I'm going through the whole, the whole thing with him, and um, all of a sudden, uh, I had, uh, I had a, a, a row of guys on my right. There was like five of them. All of a sudden, the one guy started to vibrate. What is this? What is this? Oh my gosh, and the guy starts going, he falls out, 
Everybody in the room, including the hecklers, they're standing up like, see, he must be on drugs. So I just keep going, right? He's literally flopping on the floor. The guy beside him, he literally starts praying in tongues, okay? The hecklers are like, you're a liar. This is fake, right? This is not real. One by one, suddenly there's five people praying in tongues. And I'm just going there doing what the Lord sent me to do, okay? And uh, pretty soon there's 10 people praying in tongues. There's people weeping. Uh, Jesus is like, re- like in the room, right? Pe- I mean, literally, it, this, this went on until um, the five hecklers in the back were the only ones not praying in tongues. And I started to prophesy that even the hecklers would get saved today. And one, one by one, one guy starts to pray in tongues. Another guy, the, the only guy in the room who did not pray in tongues was the ringleader. And when we were done, he was looking around. He was all alone. He didn't have anybody to lead anymore because Jesus delivered everybody else from the slave master. And when I was done, everybody's crying or weeping and I'm teaching them what the Holy Spirit is. And um, all of a sudden, <laughs> the door, there's a knock on the door. The guard unlocks the door. Chaplain comes in, looks around. And I walk out with the guard. So don't tell me that he's not the God of the impossible. My God, he can do anything. If we could just trust him. If we could just believe that he actually will, he will orchestrate the whole thing. Literally orchestrate the whole thing. Right? People say, how'd you get to India? How did you stand in front of 10,000 people? How'd you do all this? Well, I said, yes. To the little things. I believed him for things when my, when my pastor asked me to do certain things. Yes, and I did it. And it was under his cover, his anointing, his mantle. But I literally would start asking the Lord, all right, Lord, how, where, when? And supernatural things would start happening. And so India came after the simple things of coming under an apostolic mantle in a church. Okay. You see, there's people in here who are called to other cities. There's people in here who are called to other provinces, even other nations, to do certain things. And it all will manifest as you come under the mantle that you're called to be a part of in Muskoka. Okay? You believe that? Amen? So, have you been visited by Jesus the Apostle? How about you guys that had deliverance last night? That was, that was real, right? Right? Jesus the apostle said, you're getting delivered tonight. Right? That wasn't me. That was Jesus the apostle saying, I'm bringing deliverance to your lives. Amen? So your, your calling is never meant to walk alone. When you listen and obey and follow and execute his orders, he's there. Right? And people, people can kind of get confused. They say, well, I want to learn to prophesy. But the real thing is actually, is your heart willing to obey when it's absolutely impossible? He's the God of the impossible. He is the God of the impossible. So I don't care what you're facing that appears to be impossible. It only takes one voice, one hearing of the Lord's voice. And your obedient heart to literally step into a supernatural thing and that whole thing will flip in your favor. Increase will come into your life. Amen? Amen. 
You guys with me? Yeah. All right, so you guys ready to get started? So I want to I wanna talk about the battle bow because the battle bow um, is something that the Lord says that he will equip his people with in Zechariah 10, okay? So Zechariah 10 uh, verse 1 um, says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. <laughs> the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Did you ask for rain today? You're, you want to ask for rain? You want, is, are, there's going to be people get intoxicated here in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever been literally lit up in the Holy Spirit. But when you start realizing that, oh my gosh, he actually put me here to expect in the rain so that he makes me supernatural, things change, right? No longer is it me facing my problems. It's me relying on the one who can overcome my problems. Amen? So the, say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, I need the rain. Come on, send the rain. Come on, I need the clouds and thunder that create thunderstorms. Rain so heavy, it washes away every dark thing. Man, you guys are calm. Like, do you realize that that's a key? Do you realize that you can open that door? When he gives you authority, you have the, the ability to open the door that the rain, the presence of the Lord will fall down on you at any moment? Yeah. Jesus, send the rain! Yeah. My wife used to think I was a madman. I'd be in the basement purposely getting intoxicated in the Holy Spirit. It was like, it was like I used to drink alcohol, and now the, the Lord gave me the real thing. <laughs> Woo! You see, depression, anxiety, and all that junk, man, you know how I dealt with it? I numbed myself with a little bit of alcohol. But then when I found the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit found me. And I found the, the, this scripture, cry out for rain. That kind of lines up with Revelation 22 that says when the, the Spirit and the bride say come, right? Yeah. Come on, let's, let's practice this. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Come, on, fall on me. come on, fall on me. Come on, intoxicate me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Now. Come on, you begin crying out in your heart cry. Don't wait for me. You cry out. Come on. This is right now. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on. Woo. Come on, Holy Spirit. Fall. 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 Come on. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Come on. Fill. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Come on, woo, come on, fill, fill me, come on, fill me, Holy Ghost, woo,
Come on, get him. Get him. Get him. Come on, get him. Get him. Get him. Come on, get him. Woo, come on, dude. Come on, Phil. Nothing can stop an intoxicated man. You ever see a drunk guy fight? <laughs> Punches don't hurt when you're intoxicated. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on. Whoa. I see the Lord putting a funnel in your mouth and like he sews it in there and all you have to do is look up and it's, it's like it stays filled. It's like you're going to live your life intoxicated. Come on, fill, fill, fill in Jesus' name. Woo! Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Come on, Lord. Come on. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but you are meant to dwell in his wine cellar. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Man, it's, it's like you're going to have wine dates with Jesus. Like literally, like mornings of joy. And you're so in love that you run home at night and it's like nights of joy and mornings of joy. And I, I, see, I hear the Lord say, I'm, I'm, I'm awakening your, your, uh, your ministry. It's called Drinking Buddies. <laughs> Come on, Lord, get this whole row messed up. <laughs> get them messed up in the Holy Ghost, man. Get them messed up. Come on, Lord, get them so intoxicated that they can actually hear your voice. <laughs> Woo! All right, you guys ready to hear now? Lord, I pray whatever, whatever you gave them, Lord, I pray that it would increase right now. You said this weekend's about increase. Lord, I pray intoxicate them right now. Intoxicate them. Come on, Phil. Phil. Come on, Phil. Phil. Come on, Phil. Come on, Phil. Phil, 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 Phil. Fill him. Fill him. Lay your hands on her. Phil. Lay your hands on him. Lay your hands on him. Phil. Phil. Come on, Phil. Lay your hand on him. Come on, Phil. Come on, Phil. Phil. Come on, intoxicate him. Intoxicate these kids. Let them be messed up forever, Lord. Messed up forever. That the world would never accuse them of looking like them. Come on, Phil. Come on, Phil. Phil in Jesus' name. All right, you drunks, you can sit down. You can sit down. There's a difference between a desperate heart and a heart that says, I've been there, done that, was baptized once. 
Went to the altar once, heard that preacher preach once. He's kind of okay. It's not about the preacher, you know. The whole point of the preacher is to equip the body so that you be desperate. So that you are made supernatural. The world can't explain you, right? You're not supposed to be explainable. You're supposed to be impossible. You're you're overcomers of the impossible. And all your testimony is Jesus showed up. You see, you literally have to be intoxicated to step into faith sometimes. Literally, like, like there's, if you think too hard, you'll never do it. You'll never do it. And that's why the Lord starts out with what's going to be a supernatural prophecy and equipping here that you cry out for rain, that you cry out for His Spirit. You see, what you feel in here right now is what your prayer room is supposed to look like every day of your life intoxicated man when i first got baptized in the holy ghost man man i was so in love i'm still in love but man the contrast was i used to have to drink to numb to to get to get away okay and then i i I, my alarm would go off i purposely set my alarm sometimes the lord wake me up early but at least five o'clock in the morning i roll out of bed and i'm sitting there for like three hours oh wrong bay die roll Oh my God, you were so present. You see, if you hold on to a natural jackhammer, it's like it, it shakes the living daylights out of you. But if you hold on to the Lord's jackhammer, come on, man. <laughs> my gosh, literally, that's holding on to the jackhammer. The one who does the work is the Holy Spirit. The one who convicts the world of sin, convicts the world of righteousness, and judges your enemies. All three. You see, the evidence of your relationship is not when it's easy. It's when you're in a desert and you need to find water. You know how to find water? Come on, man. I'm teaching you how to find water. You see, he could have taken Israel immediately from Egypt into promise, but he didn't. He took them purposely through the wilderness. It it says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says that he took them to the wilderness to test their heart to see what was in it. Your heart been tested lately? Has it been found wanting? Or has it been found faithful? Has it been able to find honey in the rock? Has it been able to find water in a desert place? The Lord promised, I will cause waters to birth forth out of the desert. I will cause it. And he's waiting for somebody to understand their wilderness. (laughs) To say, you know what? I'm amping up my prayer life. I'm amping up my expectation to find water, my expectation that honey will flow from an impossible place, that His voice will be made known in my life. You need the wilderness. Because your testimony comes out of your wilderness, that's why you can possess your promise. He's the God of the impossible. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You see, the way comes and brings you out of, of Egypt. He brings you out of a broken thing, out of a, out of a jail cell. Yeah, come on. And he could actually take you into promise that if he wanted to, but he actually 
gives you a promise. He prophesies to you. He gives you dreams. He gives you visions. So that when He takes you into the wilderness, <laughs> that you learn how to cause water to flow everywhere you go. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And if you want the truth, you see, truth has, has two things that happen. Whenever you're taken into the wilderness, Jesus said truth is a spirit. And He speaks things to you. And whenever you hold on to what He has said to you, guess what happens? That truth judges your enemy. But whenever you are found without faith in the middle of the wilderness, guess what? That judgment falls on you because you're faithless. Uh, it's just the way it is. Why don't I feel good? Why, why doesn't everything, anything change? Well, he prophesied to you a year ago that you were going to do this, and now all of a sudden these struggles come. Could it be that you missed a step? That intoxication in the presence of the Holy Spirit, that you would put an expectation on the Lord, that faith actually would move God because when he speaks it to you, he said, there's a promise I'm taking you to, but if you can't hold on to the promise, why would I set you there? Holy Ghost, my God, I need to be, <laughs> I need to be. You, you see, the bigger, the bigger the call, right? The advancement in personal deliverance into an assignment of ministry, into an assignment of a city, in a place, into assignment of a nation. You better learn to get intoxicated, baby. Do you know how to get literally uh, the Holy Spirit to be so present that faith literally oozes out of you? Come on, the Lord only knows one language. It's called faith. You can whine and cry all day long. Wah, wah, wah. Why didn't this happen? Right? You heard pastor yesterday talk yesterday. Why is there so many starving people in the world? Right? Because there's, there, there, the, the Lord is looking for people with faith to move the Lord's hand. Amen? Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit. From this day forward, I'm living intoxicated by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Come on, right now. Come on, fill me. Fill me. Come on, bring alive. Bring alive the words you've spoken to me. Bring them alive, Lord. Then life would flow out of me. You see, some of you have received prophecies. Right now would be a good time for you to say, Lord, you said it. Let's do it. You said it. Let's do it. You said it. Let's do it. You said it. Let's do it, Holy Ghost. Make me so intoxicated that I'm fearless. I'm absolutely fearless. Fearless. If it was as easy as casting out the spirit of fear, there'd be a lot of people living supernaturally. Casting out the spirit of fear is the beginning stage. It's a mercy gift. Deliverance is a mercy gift. But a heart that contains the expectation and the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost walks in a power that is so supernatural that you can't be stopped. Because you're living His dream. You're literally living His vision. That's why when you're, you're called to go into a prayer life to hear Him because He builds you. He maps out what you are. He reveals your destiny the way He wrote it. What's He written about you? I was, I was uh, probably about 10 years ago, the Lord took me into heaven. He walked me into this library. 
And he's showing me all this, this huge library and there's names of people on the library. And then he walked me over to this certain section and I saw the names of my three children. And I said, can I see those books? And he started showing me their books. And guess what I did? I started to prophesy, Cole, this is what the Lord says. This is what you're going to do. Bailey, this is what the Lord says. This is what you're going to do. Cam. You see, when, 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 when you realize that the, that the purpose of Satan is not just you're in this weird sin thing. The purpose of Satan is to disguise and hide your destiny of what you really are. 15 years ago or 16 years, however long it is now, 18 years ago, I had no destiny. None. I didn't know I would be going to the nations. I didn't know the Lord would be sending me all over North America. No idea. But then I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and learned how to get intoxicated. Amen. Literally enamored with what he said about me. Sitting there writing, I would write down the dreams, I would write down the visions, I would write down his prophecies, and I would sit there and read them back to him and said, Lord, you said, you said, and I want that. You said I would have that, the same gift that's on that man, I want that. You said that I would go to this city, I want that. So how can you really be a Christian without hearing what he has said about your life? You see, cookie cutter American, North American religion has dumbed it down to just come to an altar and claim to meet Jesus. And there's so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. There's a destiny. Every one of you have a destiny. Have you found your destiny? You know how to get your destiny? You start getting intoxicated. It, it starts with an expectation that the Spirit comes, but that's how faith is imparted to you. The Lord imparts. You can't create faith on your own. You can't sit there and like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm enduring. The kingdom is voice activated. The kingdom literally, when he drops a vision on you, he has given you everything you need to overcome this, this next season and to catapult you into what's next in your life. My God, I'm going to shake the nations. I'm going to cast out demons. I'm going to heal the sick. I'm going to overcome everything that comes against me. Amen? Come on, man. Can I get some prayer warriors? Can I get some people that wake up in the morning and say, Holy Ghost, you said it. Intoxicate me, Holy Ghost. You see, the kingdom's about impartation, man. You can't do it alone. It's presence. That's why religion just focused on Scripture is powerless. He's present. Can you feel him? You're electric, right? You guys had deliverance last night. You're up here kind of like literally shaking and all of a sudden demons are coming out of you. Why? Because he showed up. The scripture says they, that, that when they went into the cities and did supernatural things, their words were surely, surely he's literally walking in and doing supernatural things. Amen. Amen. Woo! But here's the deal. I'm, I'm, there's, I'm, there's seven verses I'm going to go over tonight. This is only verse two. So we got to get rolling. Verse two, for the teraphim speak iniquity. That, the teraphim actually is an idol. Okay? 
The idols speak iniquity. The diviners see lying visions and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore, the people wander like sheep. They're afflicted because there is no shepherd. My anger is kindled against the false shepherds. And I will punish the goat herders. That's some pretty hard stuff right there, baby. You see, when a man tells people that you're not meant to pray in tongues, when a man tells people that you're not meant to hear God, that you just read, when a man tells you that you don't have a destiny, you just come to church. When a man tells you all these things and doesn't simplify the gospel into you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you hear him and do whatever he tells you to do. The Lord calls them goat herders because they're actually creating an organization that is, they can't see and they can't hear. They're deaf, dumb, and blind in the spirit. Amen. Sheep are supposed to hear. Jesus said, my sheep will what? Hear my voice. Right? Idols, false prophets, they lead many down the wrong path. All, and and all, this, all this stuff that focuses you on, on uh, philosophy and, and uh, theology. There's no theology in heaven. There's the Holy Ghost, Jesus, and the, and the Father. And Jesus took your sin to the grave to take the keys of life and death from Satan. Literally, you ripped open the veil and said, you're going to meet him. You're going to meet my father. And I'm sending you the Holy Spirit upon you to make you supernatural and simplify your life. Hear and follow. Seek, hear, and follow. Seek, hear, and follow. Amen? Awakened to why Jesus actually came. So that you would be in relationship with his presence. Amen? Man. You see, Jesus blew up places. He blew up synagogues. He didn't let them live. He blew them up. He walked in, you're a liar, you're a liar, and you're a liar. He, that's what he said. You're not representing me. He walked in, he walked in, uh, it says in, in Mark 1, it says he walked into the synagogue and it says he started casting out devils and, and the Pharisees said, by what new doctrine is this for with what authority he casts out demons? They thought it was a new doctrine and Jesus was walking in the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit said, go here, go into that synagogue, there's a guy that needs deliverance and healing. And they're like, we got to learn that doctrine. How do you learn that? Can you write that out for me? I've never heard anything like this. Well, the gospel is not that complicated. It's not that complicated. And man makes it complicated. They actually had to depend on the Holy Spirit at the beginning. There, there were no, the New Testament didn't exist. Right? They, they sat, they sat, Jesus said, wait get baptized in the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden they could hear the Lord and they go in and miracles, signs and wonders and the supernatural gets poured out on the streets. Amen? Amen. So have you cried out for rain lately? Yeah. Do you realize how important the presence of the Holy Spirit is in your life? Yeah. It's the central theme. Yeah. Jesus had to depend on the Holy Spirit. He's hanging on the cross and he gives up the ghost. He goes into death. 
trusting in one thing. It says that the Holy Spirit raised him up. Think about that, baby. My God, and you sent me the very thing you trusted and valued to develop a relationship with me that I would even go into death trusting the Holy Spirit. People say, well, why don't I, can't, why don't I do miracles? Why don't signs and wonders follow me? Have you died yet? Have you died yet? No. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Right? Pick it up. Get on it. Not your way, His way. Yeah. Amen? Say that with me. Say, Jesus, I'm done doing it my way. I'm doing it your way. I need your presence and I need your voice. I need to cast out demons. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. I need to prophesy. I need to dream your dream and see your vision. I need to hear your voice and be imparted faith by your voice that I could go do what you've called me to do. Amen? Have you cried out for rain lately? All right, so here's a good part. Zechariah 10, verse 3. For the Lord of hosts has visited his flock, the house of Judah, and will make them like the majestic war horse. You know how a war horse is made? War horses actually don't know they're war horses, right? War horses are selected and they're tried out, okay? They take a horse, put a rider on the horse, they take, they take the horse, and this is, this is what the army used to do back when they used horses all the time. They would take the horse down into the waves on the beach and that horse would be trained to not listen to the crashing of the waves and everything that distracted them when they were taught and when when the rider would move his legs and move his body they could feel it and they would turn and they would wherever the rider was moving that horse that's when they knew they were ready to go into battle when they learned to trust the voice you see they would go into battle um, and these horses were so trained to trust the rider. They had to trust who was riding them. That they would get close enough to the enemy so that that rider could use that sword. They had blinders on. Nothing else around them mattered. They had to literally trust as the rider was moving his knees and, and maneuvering his weapons and literally coming up beside their enemy. And if the horse wasn't fearless, the rider on the horse couldn't get close enough to the enemy. Are you getting a picture? Yeah? You see, the war horses, uh, the, the purpose of the war horse is to get Jesus close enough to your enemies. To get Jesus so close to your enemies that your enemies can't stand, right? That's scriptural. It says that, it says that the, the, the enemy, can no, no evil shall stand in his presence right? Who, who's the rider of you? Who rides you? Something rides you. You may say, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but does addiction ride you? Does depression ride you? Does fear ride you? You see, when Jesus is making a war horse, the first thing he does is equip them to hear his voice then to trust the voice in the midst of the training in the waves. And then he takes that horse into battle to be victorious. Amen? It says in Revelation 19, when Jesus comes out of heaven, he's riding a horse. Is your perspective that Jesus is still in heaven? Or have you made a place for Jesus to ride? 
walking into impossible places, doing impossible things. You can't, you, you, can't, you, you can't sit in a corner shaking in fear and yet claim that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You have, to, you have to literally embrace the Holy Spirit, trust His voice, and He actually, when, when you're trained, when you're equipped, when your heart is so sensitive to the presence of the Holy Spirit, that He literally takes you into battles. He takes you into lands to overcome what's in the land. He takes you. He forms an army around you to do impossible things. Amen? Tell your neighbor you're called to be the, the, you're called to be the horse that Christ rides. Come on, tell them like you mean it. Say, you're a war horse. Come on, you're a war horse. Come on, you're a war horse. That's right, man. You're a war horse. You see, the enemy has told you this lie. You just go sit. Just go. You feel comfortable. Try to find comfort. And the Lord says, I'm going to ride somebody who trusts me. I am going to ride somebody who trusts me, who's built a relationship in their prayer closet and has become so intoxicated, so in love with me that they're fearless. The world has no impact on them. Come on, come on, church. Holy Ghost, intoxicate me. Come on, intoxicate me. Make me your war horse. Make me your war horse, baby. You weren't, you weren't called to do something possible. Christians don't do things that are possible. Christians do impossible things. Because they know the rider. They know the one that they've learned to trust. And, and, and has, as he shifts your movement, as he stops you, as he turns you around, as he says, go, wherever he sends you. You know that that king of kings with eyes burning like fire, many crowns on his head, robe dipped in blood. He's like, I found one to take me into battle. I found one to take me to fight their depression. I found one to take me to overcome their fear. I found one who will go into the place where the drug addicts are, who, who, who trust that the Lord is going to deliver and heal the drug addicts. Come on, Jesus, make me your war horse. Make me your war horse. You guys good? Verse 4, from them will come the cornerstone, from them the tent peg, from them the battle bow. Did you get a prophecy yesterday about the battle bow? From them every ruler and all of them together. They will be as mighty men treading down the enemy in the mire of the streets. This scripture is a prophecy that matches the prophecy that I gave you yesterday. And they will fight for the Lord and he will be with them. And the riders of the horses, the opposing enemy, will be put to shame. I will strengthen the house of Judah. I will save the house of Joseph. And I will bring, back, bring them back because I have compassion on them. And that it will be as though... I had not rejected them, for I, the Lord, the Lord their God, will answer them. Who here's never heard the Lord's voice? Who here's never had a vision or a dream? The Lord promises you that visions and dreams, that's what He promised. You, he promised you that your relationship would be filled with visions and dreams. It's His language. It's His language. 
Well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to like get the Lord to speak to me. Well, great question, Dave. Great question. Romans 8, 26. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for me. With a groan I don't understand, but I trust. You mean that the Lord actually gave me a secret weapon? Let me read that again. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings, heart cry that comes out of your spirit. Right? The The next line says this, Now He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. So if Jesus gave you the mind of the Spirit, He gave you the Holy Spirit, who's He? That's the one who's waiting to ride the war horse. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. As you pray in tongues, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father waiting to come out of heaven. Waiting to invade your space. Waiting to steer you. Waiting to take you. One who trusts in Him. Why does the Lord give the gift of tongues? Because it's not about your strength. It has nothing to do with your strength. If you're, la- if you're lasting and living in your strength, you missed it. It's His strength. You know what I do every day in my life? I get up and I say, man, I'm pretty weak. Oh, come on, Lord, you are my strength and my shield. You are the lifter of my head. Let's go, baby. You are the one who rides me in the battle. You are the one who said, you are the one who said that you equip me, that you will deliver my family, that my son will go to nations, that my daughter will be a deliverance minister. You are the one who said it. You are the one. Amen? Real quick, we're going to wrap this up and then we're going to start getting into real church. In the Bible, um, Ephraim, Ephraim was one of the sons of Joseph. When Joseph was um, in Egypt, right, in the place where uh, the nation of Israel would one day be enslaved, um, Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, okay? Ephraim was the younger one. Manasseh was by birthright the one who was supposed to take the blessing, okay? And when... when um, when Israel, when Israel came and prayed for Joseph's sons, he crossed his hands and he put the firstborn blessing on Ephraim instead of Manasseh. And Joseph said, no, no, no. That's not the way it works. And Israel said, no, no, I'm adopting them into to my family. And I'm actually giving them the, I'm giving the youngest the blessing of the firstborn. Okay, the significance of that is that it wasn't Ephraim's birthright. But, it, but Israel, acting as Christ, actually blessed the younger one with the power and the ability to be the firstborn. With all of the blessing, with all of the equipping of, of the firstborn, with all the inheritance. You have an inheritance? Yeah. Jesus has books written of you in heaven. Yeah. And you have inheritances in it. Okay? And the importance of that is verse 7, and this is where we're going to end tonight. Um, Ephraim will be, this is a prophecy to Ephraim. Ephraim will be uh, like a mighty man, 
and their heart will be glad as if with wine. Indeed, their children will see it and be glad. Their heart will rejoice in the Lord. Yes, their children shall see it and they shall be glad. Their heart shall rejoice in the Lord. I will whistle for them and gather them for I will redeem them and they shall increase. Is that your prophecy? They shall increase. I hear the Lord say to Muskoka Life Church that I have blessed you as Ephraim. That I am causing increase to come to this house. That I am causing the awakening of an army. That I am releasing a mantle that will establish Life Church as a safe place, as a place for the power of the Holy Spirit, a place where people will come in and they'll be changed forever. They'll be set on fire. They'll be overcome with deliverance and healing and the supernatural power that Christ came to give. And they'll not just sit in the pews. They'll be awakened as war horses, ones who Christ will, uh, will ride into the darkest places of the earth. This is an apostolic place. This is a place that is supernatural. This is a place that is calling you into the deep things of the Lord. Amen? Have you cried out for the Holy Spirit lately? Huh? Say this, say, Holy Ghost. Reveal to me the battle bow. Give me courage to fight the fight. To man the jackhammer. To man the shovel. That what you promised to me, it was uncovered and put in my hand. I want my battle bow. Come on, I want my battle bow. And I will pray until you put it in my hands. And when you put it in my hands, I will hunt my enemies. Come on, I will hunt my family's enemies. I will hunt the enemies that come against this church. Come on, man, you're hunter killers. You're hunter killers. And it all starts with knowing the impartation ability of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.